I am Inga Larissa. And I am Jennifer Rose. We're two whiskey pals serving a weekly whiskey podcast and rocking your whiskey world. Exploring the whiskies and distilleries of the world and meeting amazing people along the way. We'll be sticking our noses into our jams and all things whiskey. So fill your whiskey glass and join the fun. A warm whiskey sister's welcome. This week we are going back to the peat side with a distillery from the Isle of Skye, Talisker. So Jen, are you familiar with Talisker whiskies? Have you tried any? Well, I'm embarrassed to say I'm not as familiar as I feel I should be. I have tried Talisker, but when I'm casting my mind back, it tends to be in bars or a nights out where I'm already a few kind of drams or drinks in and I'm just like all excitable with the chit chat. So I'm like, I think I really like it, but I'm not too sure. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that because it's very popular in Italy and it's available pretty much everywhere and quite a few of their bottles as well. So sometimes, you know, when you just fancy a quick whiskey that's not mm-hmm. too expensive and, you, you know, after you've had a few drinks. Yeah. That's kind of like what I'm in the bars here. I'm like, oh, I'll just have a talisker, you know, whatever, 10 or sky or... I agree. I think it is very accessible. I've seen it in loads of different places, different countries, which we like. We like that our listeners can, you know, have a dram and let us know their thoughts. So just a quick correction for our Kingspans episode, the Lowland episode. So we were contacted by Douglas Clement, who was the the person who kind of got the ball rolling for Kingspans Distillery. But he actually left the company back in 2017. And in, in the episode, we mentioned that he stayed to work. Yeah, we got it wrong, but we yeah. meant well. And it was super cool that he listened in and let us know. Thank yeah, you so much so he, we could update people. Yeah, and he just said that he's still... Like, like obviously a fan, loyal customer, but he has left the company. And also he corrected that the land and the building, even if they had connection to Vimes, the, the Vimes family doesn't actually own the land. So that was a little boo-boo from our previous episode. Sorry about that. We're only human. Before we dive deeper into Talisker, let's stick those noses into the latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. The Whiskey Exchange has launched a distillery school in London to offer blending and distilling experiences. The distillery school is based below the retailer's London Bridge store on Borough High Street. It offers experiences in gin distilling and whiskey and rum blending classes from today, the 12th of July. The concept features 16 micropot stills and one 50-litre still, with guests invited to create their own signature gin or learn more about blending rum or whiskey. And the prices start from £95 or 120 US for the rum blending and 120 pounds or 152 US for both gin distilling and whiskey blending. And both blending experiences involve sampling spirits and how to select different components. And at the end of each session, guests can take home a 500 ml bottle of their own personal creation and the bespoke recipe will be kept at the distilling uh, distillery school for reordering. This made me laugh because the, re- the whole reordering part because I did a gin distilling school at Crossbill Distillery at the uh, in in Glasgow, mm-hmm. and oh my god, making gin is super hard. Is I was it? trying to yeah, like trying to get the balance right. So you're distilling and using all these different botanicals, and mm-hmm. like I was going for seaweed and peppercorns and things that I like. Yeah, but it wasn't my favorite gin, so like I wouldn't. <laughs> 
<laughs> Can I, I have someone else's, not my own? <laughs> I know. I, I, I kind of gifted the bottle to a family <laughs> member and they were super excited about it. I was like, mm. in my head, I was thinking, yeah, don't be so excited till you try it. <laughs> Did you enjoy that experience in Glasgow? Because, you know, hearing that whiskey news, it sounds super fun. Yeah, definitely. And like I did it with my friend and yeah, it was a good fun experience and I liked the people at Crossville. But yeah, it's actually much harder than it sounds. See, because it's called distillery school. I don't know why, but it makes me think of, I don't know, if you, do you know the Grease movies? Yeah. You know, and I don't know if it's Grease one or two and it's like beauty school dropout. See, when you're reading that news, I'm thinking distillery school dropout. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that is you. Oh, funny. Go back to distillery school. Makers Mark owner Beam Centauri has reduced its water usage rate across the company's operations by 10% as revealed in its 2022 sustainability report. The report looks at the company's proof positive sustainability strategy, which covers three key pillars, nature positive, consumer positive and community positive. The 10% water reduction was made possible by continued investments from Beam Centauri, including closed loop cooling systems at the Claremont and Booker No Distilleries in Kentucky, USA. There are also more women in leadership roles across Beam Centauri, with 37% of leadership positions held globally by women. President and Chief Executive Officer said, At Beam Centauri, we have an ambition to become the world's most admired premium spirits company. Woo, aim high. Which includes being a global leader in sustainability and responsibility. All sounds good. Do you know what I like about Maker's Mark? Mm -hmm. You know how it looks like melted wax on the top of their bottle? Yeah. I just think it looks so juicy, like you want to open it up. That, but yeah, it, it doesn't look like melted wax. It's, it is melted wax. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fake melted wax. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, Loving your wax. The Glen Allegy has revealed a £600,000 upgrade to its visitor centre, which first opened to the public in April 2019. Tracy Seller, the Glen Allegy visitor centre manager, said, We are thrilled to unveil our expansion visitor center at Glen Allegy Distillery after months of planning and preparation. As a team, we identified a gap in our offering, the option to enjoy a dram or a flight without the need to join a tour. The investment has allowed them to house a whiskey bar, tasting lounge, extra toilets inclusive of disabled facilities, and substantial outdoor seating space with uninterrupted views of Ben Renz. Renz? Rennes? Don't know when can I just take your pick. Ben Renz. <laughs> a big ass tell. The new whiskey bar between the indoor and outdoor space allows for an impressive capacity of 100 people at any one time. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And actually, I've re also read that they only allow a maximum of 10 people for each tour. So kind of keep up the um, personal approach, which I think is nice. Very nice. What's not to love about Glenallachie? I know. Oh my God. Someone told me the other day they really don't like Glenallachie. Oh, I know. I, Controversial. Just, I know. My jaw dropped to the floor. Just, just, I can't believe it. Lies. Filthy lies. Dram dom crap. 
Welcome listeners to Drandom Crap. Those of you that have been along our whiskey journey for a while might be wondering what is this? If you're new to the podcast, it'll probably all sound like Drandom Crap. This is a segment <laughs> in which we talk about whatever topics we want that are kind of loosely affiliated yeah, with whiskey. I think the idea came from the fact that when we are recording, we end up talking loads of random crap. And like, yeah. so it's whiskey related, but sometimes very vaguely. So then mm. we just thought, why don't we just add it add it in sometimes yes let's just see how it goes and see what you think yeah who doesn't love a bit of random crap chat (laughs) random crap love it (laughs) well we've been talking haven't we on social media quite a bit both last year after we'd been to see metallica in italy and this year because we recently went to see def leopard and motley crew together So we were talking quite a bit about the alcohol you're able to buy or more importantly, the alcohol you're not able to buy whilst at gigs. So we thought we'd chat a bit about that. Hey. Yeah. So Metallica, they had pretty much everything but whiskey. There was rum, there was gin, there was vodka. There was all sorts of cocktails, wasn't there? Yeah, there was lots of stuff. And like you could just have any mixture with your spirit. That wasn't so bad. And But we've heard that in America that you can get blackened at Metallica's whiskey at the gig, which makes so much sense. And we had a dram of blackened before the gig to get in the spirit of things. So, I mean, completely understand logistically that might be hard to get blackened there, but to have no whiskey, we were like super <gasps> sad at that. Exactly. Well, if you have every other spirit. So at Madly Crew, we were super excited to see what's there. And oh my God, it was the worst. The, the drink selection was impoverished. They only had Heineken. Yep. That was the only beer. I don't do beer. I don't either, unless I really have to. And then cider. I don't, don't really do like cider. cider. Yeah, too sweet. No. Teenage me had a bad dull time on cider. <laughs> yeah, it was there too stories sweet to anyway. Tell. <laughs> That's another dram, dram dumb crap episode. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so... But they didn't have any spirits. We no spirits, and we actually around. didn't believe them, did we? At first, no. We went to every single stall asking for spirits, <laughs> pretty much. And the only thing they had was a stall selling Portuguese liqueur. Yeah, Bariba or something. Yeah, and it's made with different botanicals and like I don't know lavender and vanilla and I can't remember what was in it. So they were selling this like um, it was like a mojito, wasn't it? So they had yeah. Like, versions that were ready mixed and then they made it fresh with this liqueur which is 22% ABV and then soda water and fresh lime so it was at least a little bit like refreshing yes again it was still a liqueur so it was a little bit sweet it was not the best option and like that doesn't really say rock and roll to me does it and you know what the whole night otherwise was super rock and roll wasn't it Def Leppard didn't disappoint Motley Crue doesn't, didn't disappoint. They are still kind of 1980s in their political correctness. There was a lot of kind of pretty lady imagery. They were asking for various body parts to be shown from the crowd. So it was <laughs> yeah. all about rock and roll. So the fact we couldn't buy any whiskey was even more sad. I know. I, I think someone actually said, oh, you need to talk to the band. <laughs> yeah. like, Come on, Tommy, give us some whiskey. Give us some whiskey. So we've got a cunning plan afoot, haven't we? Yes. We need to somehow strategize for next summer's obligatory outdoor rock gig. We need an actual strategy because this just won't do. 
I have one idea is to make lots of mini bottles and put them inside my cowboy boots. Because <laughs> no one checked my boots. That's true. I get <laughs> perfume taken off me at Metallica, but I could have had whiskey elsewhere. And you know, like at Kiss, because Kiss was in um in the center of Luca. Oh the- yeah, tell us all about Kiss, because yeah. I wasn't at that and I would love to have gone and seen Kiss. Yeah, so the show was really, really amazing. Obviously there wasn't like loads of movement on the stage because they got big shoes and they obviously sweaty and it's like you're wearing their costumes and they're a bit older but there was sorts of like you know going up and down on the stage and there's platforms and Love it. there was lots of fire and all sorts of stuff blood like it was meant to <laughs> literally so there's like blood coming out of this mouth and blah. <laughs> but it was really good but because it was the center of the town there was actually bars like in this piazza in this square so there's mm-hmm. bars outside of the on, actual bars yeah actual bars oh yeah but again because it's a busy service you could only Mm -hmm. get beer but you could get prosecco and wine so i was drinking prosecco well fair enough i like a cheeky wee prosecco now we both inca can enjoy music without alcohol it's not that we are dependent on that to enjoy but we are the whiskey sisters and we enjoy a cheeky dram therefore we like to combine our two passions with vigor yes for sure. Things must change. I wondered if we could start some form of petition or public <laughs> yeah. campaign. I know there's a lot going on in the world right now for people to get riled up about this, but it is a cause close to my heart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know things have to change. Listeners, we want to hear your gigging and alcoholic beverage purchasing experiences. Up in smoke. Talisker's founders, brothers Hugh and Kenneth McCaskill, were classic clearance landlords. They bought the rent of Talisker House on Skye and a lot of land in 1825, after which they began forcibly shifting the resident population, boo hiss, mm. poor residents, from their farms, either to new settlements or to the shores of Loch Harport and Portnalong or off the island entirely. Disclaimer, I don't know uh, Skye very well and I don't know how to pronounce the town, so apologies in advance. As well as replacing the farmers with more profitable sheep, another of the McCaskill money-making schemes was distilling, which, you know, got to respect. In 1830, they opened their Talisker distillery in Carbost using the cleared populace as its workforce. Nasty! I know, like super entrepreneurial and probably, you know, their descendants are very proud, but, you know, it's a bit sneaky, (laughs) isn't it? You You can stay on the island if you work for us. Yeah. Their venture into whiskey making was not a success, however, and by 1848, the bank was in control. For the next three decades, Talisker stumbled through a series of other owners who found it hard to keep afloat a distillery, which is remote even by 21st century standards. Karma is a bastard. In 1880, Talisker's fortunes changed when Roderick Kemp and Alexander Allen bought the distillery and proceeded to expand the site and construct a distillery pier. Until then, all the casks had to be floated out to the waiting ships. Cool, pirates of the West Coast. I know, totally mental. I want to see like imagery of this. Yes. We want to be in that movie. Kemp sold his share in 1892 in order to buy McAllen, and on Allen's death in 1895, his business partner Thomas Mackenzie took charge and three years later Talisker was formally merged with Dally Lane. When Mackenzie himself died, everyone's dying, oh, 1916, <laughs> a, crew, 
a grouping of major blenders took control, and the group of blenders eventually merged and, and then transformed into Diageo. Wow. And the drama didn't stop there. In 1960, the distillery burned down and was silent until 1962, whilst it was being rebuilt. A decade later, the maltings closed. Talisker had long been available as a single malt from independents such as Gordon and McPhail, and also officially predominantly as an eight-year-old. In 1998, it was given greater prominence as founding member of the classic malt selection when the age was up to 10 years. An 18-year-old joined the range in 2004, but since 2008, the range has expanded dramatically with no age statements such as Storm, Dark Storm and Port Ree. It is now one of Diageo's most important single malt brands. Like I said earlier, like in Italy, they love the pea. Yeah. They just love Talisker and it's nice. It's everywhere. Yeah. Um, so Talisker has five still set up and it produces a new make which mixes smoke, fruit, sulfur, salt and pepper. The malt is medium peated and the words clear and the fermentation long a minimum of 65 hours. It is in distillation that things go slightly strange. The wash stills are very tall with an exaggerated U-shaped bend in the line arm with a purifier pipe at its lowest point. The line pipes trap vapors from the first distillation before they reach the outside wine cups, whilst the small secondary copper pipe refluxes any heavy elements back into the body of the still to be redistilled. While there is a lot of reflux taking place, there is little copper contact which provides the sulfur notes in the new make. And that's, this is what we were talking about in the new make episode that we haven't mm-hmm. actually tried any peated new makes, have we? Like sulfur no. new make just sounds nasty. We haven't. Just the lag chocolates, that's it. So yeah, this one is sounds like bit nasty if it's sulfur new make so anyway and this could give the signature pepperness to the maturing spirit and the purifier pipe adds oiliness while the reflux helps to refine the fruity elements created during fermentation sounds like talisker is almost like imagine like tetris like it's like blocks of Mm -hmm. you know layers of things like okay it starts off something that sounds a bit rank Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like they add because of all these distillation methods and longer fermentation and they just like bring different things into their spirit i kind of want to try their new make now i know we, we, hopefully we'll visit the distillery one day definitely so Inka, you'll have been to sky won't you on your way to rassi yeah so i've been to sky two or three times but haven't actually made it to talisker my trips are always so short and i end up doing hiking and doing things like that so then i haven't had a time to go but i tried to go to toravik last time but it was closed but i could see like through the gates like it it looks amazing and beautiful so now basically there's two distilleries in sky so talisker obviously being the first Torovek is very new and i guess with rassi the island just off of sky that could be quite an epic whiskey tour for those that are interested oh my god for sure exactly only takes half an hour or even less maybe on on the ferry to rassi Amazing. In contrast to most distilleries where the spirit stills are the workhorses, at Talisker, the second distillation takes place in small, plain stills again with warm tubs. This adds mid-palate weight. 
it. So basically, by following the original design, it's believed that this double distillation ensures that all of Talisker's rich, deep character is captured on that first time. Talisker embodies all the spirit of this rocky, storm-lashed island with its strong, steadfast people. Talisker's soft and peaty water is drawn from 21 underground springs that rise from Hawk Hill beside the distillery. These are the same springs that have been used since the very beginning. Oh, that sounds quite interesting. Yeah, and by peaty, like... I'm sure they mean like peat bogs and, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of peaty ground that, that is around the area. Do you know what I'm thinking, Inca? I know it can be hard for us to coordinate our diaries, but if at some point diaries allow, I have a friend who's recently started a tour company. My friend, Joan, who started McLeod Healing Tours. He's actually from the Isle of Skye and although he tours all over Scotland and he's like super cool, like fancy uh, vehicle, he is like specialist in like sky knowledge and all the history and it would be so epic to do the distillery tour but to hear more about the the countryside and everything with him and maybe we could put the link to his social media or you know at this episode if anybody else is planning a trip because I think that would really you know give a lot of layers of depth of local expertise and everything and he's just lovely exactly that's a great idea and there's so much to see and do in sky as well and on sky yeah (laughs) (laughs) on on sky so it it definitely would be nice to have like locals help and great idea for also our listeners definitely who are visiting sky at some point the podcast dram on fire Today, lovelies, we are sampling Sky and Port Rhee. Let's start with Sky, which is bottled at 45.8% ABV. Sky was introduced early 2015 and is named after the beautiful island itself. And it's matured in a combination of refill and toasted American oak casks with a slightly higher number of toasty, toasty casks. How would you describe the colour? I would say it's sunset gold. Nice. Sunny yellow cornfield. Yeah, cornfield, nice. That's new, nice. but like makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Nose. How did you like I'm I'm dying to find how you find Talisker after now that you've tried Artberg, just because you know, peated and there's some some elements that are similar. Full disclosure, I don't get any peat on the nose. I don't know if I'm peat nose blind today for some particular reason, but I was getting all the juicy party in the nose feels but quite sweet notes for this dram mm-hmm. i was getting treacle brazil nut new york cheesecake you know that juicy oh. whatever that like you know juicy white stuff is in oh that. my it- god i have to tell you quickly when i was living in australia and mm-hmm. i was super excited about cheesecakes i don't know i don't think i ever had that kind of cheeks cheesecake in finland so <laughs> sometimes after work i would just go and buy a whole cheesecake and go and sit in the park and eat it and look at the sea <laughs> i was so Gold. excited I that's know. hilarious love I it gain like 10 kilos when i was in australia <laughs> <laughs> it was all going down under <laughs> yeah well I think that juicy, like whatever those flavours are in a New York, probably like vanilla pod and creaminess and all of that. I was getting those vibes maybe with a toffee sauce over it. Mm. And I just can't lie in makeup that I got anything smoky on the nose, but I was loving it. On the first 
hypnosing I was mm-hmm. thinking like I'm sitting by a fireplace I was getting a little bit of that smokiness from the wood like in the fire mm-hmm. while I was eating sweets so there was that sweet sweetness coming through Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also like you said caramel sauce or toffee sauce like salty mm-hmm. you know almost like that McDonald's one that they do the saltier mm-hmm. yum um, and then some like sweet honey glazed pork which again yeah. like brings me the pork always that kind of brings me to the the peatiness the smokiness but very gentle yes. much more of the sweetness than the smoke absolutely do you enjoy it on the nose yeah very much delicious So palette-wise, I did then get the smoke and I was getting that lovely kind of summer feels of barbecued stuff. But then I was going, I was getting the sweetness of peaches. So almost like a kind of barbecued peaches. Burnt rolls or well-fired rolls. I don't know if you have them in Finland, but in Scotland we have them. So it's like a normal kind of like morning breakfast bread roll. Uh, But they like, you can get well-fired. Sometimes they're just called burnt rolls and they've got this really charred crust on the top. I used to love a burnt roll when I was a little girl and it was making me think maybe of the sweetness of the bread dough with the charred topping. But I was also getting a bit of kind of citrusy zestiness. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely some citrus there. When we mentioned earlier about the kind of certain part of the distillation or the production adds that kind of mid palate weight. Ah. And, you know, actually I felt that on the initial sip, like there's a little bit of body and mm-hmm. then like it's kind of feels a slightly heavier than your normal whiskey if that I makes sense I agree that does make sense plenty of sea breeze or that mm-hmm. kind of you know at first I was thinking sea salt but it's more like literally that kind of slightly sea goes in your mouth when you're walking by the beach kind of loads of black pepper again mm-hmm. very much on on the money on how they describe it themselves anyway yeah and citrusy oakiness and then on the finish I was getting popcorn so you know like yeah you know when you make popcorn and then always at the bottom there is those kind of slightly cooked kernels. slightly overcharged smaller kernels yeah that yeah and they're like they haven't really popped properly yeah so that no, kind not of that's, fully popped yeah yes yeah, so i was getting that and that kind of oiliness that they are kind of still oily because that you cook them in oil good shout good call i was getting very much like charcoal in the finish but there was a sweetness and it was making me think of toasted marshmallow so again that kind of crusty charred sweetness did you like it sounds like you liked it loved it oh yay <laughs> oh so exciting Mm, 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 mm. and I'm super sad because some of my sample spilled out and I know there's a phrase don't cry over spilled milk but I was nearly crying over the spilled whiskey even (laughs) though it was just a little bit but it's such a happy story because it's so easily accessible well it is in Europe certainly anyway oh yeah and right they've got a new design now anyway as well on the bottles I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen them because I sent you to give you the samples. Do you know? No, I don't know. Okay, so because the previous ones are just kind of classic, kind of boring. Yeah, so I bought the Talisker Sky. I think I just bought it from the supermarket here in Italy. So on the on the box, it's sea and rocks and, you know, like mm-hmm. sea from above. Mm-hmm. You can see the rocks and the waves and stuff. Nice. Uh, and there's a map of sky. And then on the label, it's kind of the bottom looks like it's kind of ripped because it's the, the line of the the island so it's like oh, rugged love it 
Yeah, it's done really nicely. And then there's the, on the label, you can see the map and then the colors are different based on which whiskey you're buying. So it really gives you the kind of feeling of, I don't know, it feels rugged and kind of something, there's something nice about it. I'm imagining that could be quite enchanting and alluring, you know, people that are wanting to visit the area are quite emotive of the whole Scottish experience. Yeah. So when I ordered the pot brie, I was disappointed that they sent me the old bottle. But I mean, <laughs> oh, no. the liquid is the same. So I'm just being superficial. But anyway, we like a wee bit of superficial on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so as the name suggests, Portree is finished in ruby port casks and it was added into the Talisker range in 2013. This is also bottled at 45.8%. So it's the same. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you've cleared that up because thank you for the sample. Listeners, Inca gave me the sample. Very generous of her. But Inca, although she's an absolutely beautiful person inside and out, writes like shit. And it looks like 70, 76%, 76.8% ABV. And I thought that's Inca and her wooden eyes that's written that label. So but thanks I, for the clarification. I, you know what I do always, when I bottle the whiskies, I stupidly put the labels on the bottles before, you know, like rather than writing them. So then I had to write them in the bottle. And so I was like, oh. but I do have a weird four. Sometimes it looks like nine. And I can yeah. see... I can see why you're... Yeah. So we're quite brutal with each other. I got a big slagging for months about my Harry Styles label, so I'm calling you out on this scrap. (laughs) (laughs) No, it looks scabby, Doug. Yeah. But thank you for the... Don't let it put you off sharing your whiskey with me. Keep sharing, even if you're writing... Next time I'll do my labels with computerized printing. (laughs) Whiskey Sisters letters. (laughs) So, okay. Color is darker, kind of similar to the previous one, but a bit darker. Definitely. A little bit darker, adding towards amber. Yes, has a little bit of a kind of ready hue. I'm super curious as to what you get in the nose, because at first I struggled with it on the nose. Okay, I liked it straight away. Um, dense fruit cake, sugared almonds, you know, those uh, sugar and cinnamon coated donut balls. I think you mentioned it on a previous episode, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then after nosing it a little bit, I was getting also some sort of like a berry, blackberries or cranberries. Mm -hmm. It made me think, because I don't know, I was really like focusing on these berries for a while. And then I had this kind of memory of my mom making cranberry, I don't know, cordial or jam or something. Nice. And there was like heaps of cranberries in a pot with loads of white sugar Mm -hmm. and they kind of smell nice and when it's bubbling up and yeah all the aromas in the air so it's kind of sugary sweet but then slightly kind of that kind of sour from the cranberry and then i was also getting some teriyaki beef in there somewhere wow good call i'm nosing it again just now as we're recording the aromas are much more powerful for me now that my jam's been in the glass for longer at first i struggled but then i did get sherry trifle like liqueur filled dark chocolates orange peel baking spices maybe some buttery pastries and i also got pistachio nut residue 
you know, like if you're peeling a pistachio nut and you mm-hmm. get the kind of wee skin slash. Oh, yeah, yeah. I always lick is. my finger and then put it in the end bottom of the bag to get it out. For sure. <laughs> I feel I got some pistachio nut residue on the nose. Yeah. And because it's kind of salty as well, like salty pistachios. Yeah. And as nuts go, they're kind of sweet, aren't they? Pistachios. Good. I like the the liqueur, the chocolate liqueurs for sure. Sweetness with a bitterness, you know, just like yeah. you were describing. Palette, boom! Oh my goodness, that was like a salt explosion on smoky, peppery heat. There's a lot going on, isn't there? Wow, I've got <laughs> alluring nutmeg and cinnamon zing. Oh, I felt like a big, potent, explosive zing of spice. Less peppery for me and more baking spice zingy. Okay. And orange zest, lemon zest. Then it sort of like mellowed right down. Like somebody comes on stage to like fire and then just like there's calm and still. But with the calm and still that rolled in after the boom, I was getting creamy like brioche bread sweetness. I was finding it salty. Yes. Like really salty. So first it was definitely like a whoa like I put way too much salt in my fries kind of situation and then (laughs) and then like the smokiness starts coming through Mm -hmm. and peppery heat like really Mm -hmm. there's like this beef stew in Italy that they do uh, peposo where they put loads and loads of black pepper so it gets kind of like that spicy almost chili like pepper heat it was for me it was very briny like olives like olive brine eating olives like green olives oh wow and then recently I discovered these amazing like from the corner shop they like they pickled their own onions because I've been trying to find pickled onions for Gibson martinis so they had these giant white onions that they pickled mm-hmm. with black pepper and some herbs and I was getting this and they, like they're delicious. They like the onion is really sweet. You know the pickles. The, oh, it's a sweet pickle. Pickled I can get onion. on board with pickled onions. I freaking mm. love them. But it has now, that little peppery thing. Now, whether it's the power of suggestion, but I'm nosing it now, and I can get the, I can completely get the brininess even in the nose as you're talking. So it's, I love hearing like the different tasting notes. But I like it because it's like I was getting some of those sweeter what notes that you were saying. Like there's definitely something sweet. Mm-hmm. But it's, I feel like the briny and the salty, peppery flavors, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very coastal. I think that's yeah. more overpowering. But when you really look for the sweetness, it's definitely it's there. there and present. And you can feel the relationship between the two and completely yeah. they're from the same like distillery. The finish for me, I f- I've kind of got like buzzing sensation as in the mouth. But again, quite citrusy and lemony, a little bit bitter on the finish. I did enjoy it, but not as much as the sky. I quite enjoyed both of them. Like now when I'm still sipping this, when mm-hmm. it's mellowed in the glass, it's starting to get a little bit more balanced with the sweetness and the mm-hmm. other notes. Oh, I don't know. I had to say which one I would Come prefer. on, Inca, we're pinning like... you down. You need to pick. Oh, Well, actually, when I was asking people on social media, which... I should get the 10-year-old or Port Rhee. Most people said Port Rhee, so it's obviously very popular. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe Port Rhee, just like marginally. Nice. It's keeping me on my toes, the intensity on the palate, I think. Mm. It's got presence, hasn't it? I was kind of looking forward to this episode, right? Because I'm recording with my whiskey bestie and we drink whiskey. What's not to love? 
but I'm really, really liking Talisker and I want to dive in more and I want us to go to Sky with John now. All the Italians love Talisker and I've, mm-hmm. kind of, I've tried some, but I guess maybe in the, not in the right situation, not really giving it enough time. And I yeah. just always thought, yeah, it's okay. But actually, mm-hmm. it's much more than okay. Much more than okay. Yeah. Talisker, we salute you. Yes. And I might just order that 10-year-old as well. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> Why not? Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. So do you like oysters? I do. I'm a tiny bit scared of them, but in the right situation... With a glass of fizz, I can get on board. And I know for a fact that you like oysters because I've seen you eat them a couple of times. Yeah, I do. Although sometimes when the oysters are too big, like in Scotland, <gasps> sometimes they're very big. They kind they're scary. Of, yeah, they're a bit scary. Like, am I supposed to swallow all that or do I need to chew it yeah. a little bit? What are, How are what you going to swallow that, that bad boy? Yeah. Yeah, I do like them because I like savory, salty things. But anyway, yes. so here is today's fact. It's all about Talisker and oysters. So Talisker Distillery has an oyster-eating ritual. Inspired by the belief that the gentle maritime notes of the whiskey are heightened by the rich saltiness of the oysters. So start by taking a sip of Talisker of your choosing. Yes, then please. Then eat the oyster. Okay, then. Then pour Talisker into the shell and drink it. Oh, I'm on board with that. How awesome is that? I know. I'm like, I want to clap, but it doesn't sound good on a podcast. But like, I'm that excited. (laughs) (laughs) I have actually tried oysters with lightly peated whiskey. I feel like I've done it wrong. Like I put whiskey on top of the oyster and then ate it. You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. So another episode has come to an end. Oh, I can't believe it. But next week, we're off to Portugal together, a place very dear to my heart. And we're going to be sampling whiskey from Vanaki Distillery. Cannot wait. Yeah, super exciting. And they have some really fun, funky cask finishes. So it will be super excited. I'm not going to give in too much. I'm too excited about yes. it. But I'm not going <laughs> to... Hopefully the whiskey will be as nice as today's. Um, I'm glad we had a happy ending for this episode because I was also a little bit nervous with all the peat action, but I feel like... I'm definitely swinging both ways these days. (laughs) For sure. If you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram at whiskeysisters.podcast, Twitter at whiskeysisters and Facebook at whiskeysisterspodcast. And a a special shout out to Tony who wrote us an epic review on Apple Podcasts. We completely appreciate you taking the time. If you've not read it, check it out because we're quite proud of it. May your class be full. And that dram on fire. See you next time, Anka. Arrivederci.